Hello and welcome to another episode of Don't Believe Jack, the only show with annoying accents that people can't stand. Hey, I'm your host. Uh, what's going on? I hope you're having a good week. Merry Christmas. Mm, I don't know. Uh, I just had some tasty tea. That tea was tasty. Uh, I usually am not drinking tea in the morning anymore uh, because I find that I don't need it, but I, I needed a little bump for uh, for this show. A bump, that sounds bad. Um, I'm here. I'm having fun. Uh, I hope you are having fun wherever you are and whenever you're listening to this. Uh, what did I want to say? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I'm here. And, it, and it's pretty groovy. Uh, I've had an interesting uh, week. Oh, I, I basically found uh, this way that helped me go to sleep. is actually from one of Tim Ferriss' books. Uh, it was, uh, what you do is you take a cup of hot water and you, oh, that's the reason I, I maybe I'm still feeling a little groggy, uh, but I do find that this formula does help to get to sleep. Uh, taking a little apple cider vinegar, um, taking a, a tablespoon of it and, uh, and putting it in a cup of hot water and then putting in half a tablespoon of honey. The original formula calls for actually two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar uh, and a tablespoon of honey. And I did it that way at first, but it made, it gave me such bad gas. I could not stand it. I was like, this is, this is not pleasant. Uh, but since then, uh, doing a tablespoon has been very good and, uh, really does for some reason really slow me down. It's crazy, uh, in a good way, uh, in a very good way. So, uh, take it for what you will. Uh, that's from Tools of Titans. Definitely an, an int- a book full of some interesting tips. Uh, I like that one a lot. Uh, I liked that there was another one where the idea is that every hour on the hour, you would uh, you'd look at some people and you'd see some strangers and you'd wish them well. Uh, and the idea is it just makes you more emotionally balanced. Uh, and I have tried it and it's good. It definitely works. Uh, I'll be walking down the street and just be like, ah, I just wish two, and you just pick two random people and wish them well. If you're in an office, you just wish some coworkers well. You don't say it to them out loud. You don't have to change your behavior, but just be like, ah, I, I hope that person is happy. Um, and uh, and it makes uh, a difference. Uh, and I've noticed that the days that I have not done this are days where I feel a little bit more on edge, a little bit more like go, 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 a little bit more driven and a little less patient with other people and, and, and myself. Uh, so anyways, both two great tips out of that book. Uh, it's full of many great tips, and I'm only halfway through. So, you know, we'll see what happens next. Um, I'm here, and uh, it's I'm doing, I'm doing groovy. Uh, but the, those, those tips work. Uh, you know, ask me about it. Uh, you can always email me at uh, jackmichelle, J-A-C-K, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E uh, So Jack, like the cheese And Michelle, like the lady uh, Like the Obama And, uh, and 1983 at gmail.com So that's Jack Michelle at ni- uh, 1983 at gmail.com um, Yeah, so there's some fun, fun, fun things I've learned Um What's happened for me this week? Uh, there was a sale at a store, and uh, it had uh, there were Doritos there, 
And you could, uh, the, the, the deal was that you could get a, one bag of Doritos for $3, right? Or you could get three bags for $6. Um, you know, they were each $2 each provided you bought three. Uh, and I, I just, whatever, I, in my moment of weakness, I was just there to get onions, uh, but I couldn't resist, and I got that, and, uh, and I also got some black beans, and I deeply, deeply regret getting these, um, these chips. Um, I've been eating them, and I feel like crap. I feel, I feel so bad. They should, like, like, I, they should... I, I don't know what happened, but somewhere along the way, my body said, uh, we can't really be fucking with Doritos no more. <laughs> they don't work. Like, they should card. Like, having Doritos and being over 35 don't mix. They should, they should card for junk food. You know what I mean? Like, you bring it in line, and you, you say, like, uh, I'd like to buy these Doritos. And they're like, well, can I see your ID? And then you give them my ID, and it says, you're 36. You know you're not allowed to buy these. You know, you know, you can't buy. I swear, I'm getting it for my kid. Uh, I'm getting it for my kid. Uh, just like coming up with all these lies, I'd have to. I'd have to stay outside a Seven Eleven, just wait for a teenager, uh, and give them money to buy me chips and cookies and crackers and Oreos and gummy bears and uh, Sour Patch Kids and just all the stuff that I can't eat anymore. All I can eat at this point is just, I can't even eat potatoes, because those are nightshades, and nightshades aren't good for you. All I can eat is, like, broccoli and chicken. That's it. That's the only things I should be eating now in the future, going forward. (laughs) Nothing else. You just can't, I'm not allowed to buy it. It's too, too bad for you. It's not, not good at all. It's not, not good. It's not, not good at all. At all. Um, this is the BBC World Service. Uh, I can do that frighteningly well, because I listen to way too much of it. Anyways, yeah, so, oh, God, uh, Doritos. I just, yeah, I, I was eating them, and you look at it, and you're like, wait, you mean in this bag, you mean to tell me that there's 1,500 calories? 1,500? 1,500 calories in this? This isn't a, even a big bag, and there's tons of air at the top of it. Oh, God. You know, it's like the food is as radioactive as the packaging. <laughs> the packaging's color. Oh, I just, ugh. I've just been waking up and just feeling like butt. Because I'm eating junk food. I really can't. People tell people that, like, when you're young, you should go out and have fun and travel and, like, you know, uh, you know, date around and, and, you know, get drunk. I would just, uh, if I could go back in time, or maybe start your career, start saving early. No, just junk food. Just, just a lot of junk food. Just, I just would eat a whole bag of, uh, of those, uh, of ballpark sausage, you know, ballpark hot dogs. That's, that's what I would do, just a whole truckload of them. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Mm. Just eating those. God, they're tasty. And it's funny, because I I know this, and yet, as I was going to bed, I was like, you know what? I need a little treat last night. And uh, And I opened the bag, the second bag of the three bags 
of Doritos. I was like, what am I going to do with these? Am I going to donate them? Maybe I'll donate them to charity? I don't know. Can I bring them to Goodwill? Like, I just, I don't know. Or maybe I'd bring them to some social event, like some social gathering. I would, at this point, I think I would make new friends just so I'd have somewhere to dump these, these Doritos. I can't, if, I can't eat that third bag. And the second bag is open, so it's not like, I mean, it's sort of rude to just give uh, an open bag of Doritos to someone, you know what I mean? But, I need to figure out something to do. Maybe I might have to flush these down the toilet, you know? Like people do with their cocaine or something when they're trying to kick it. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know. I, if I if I open that third, I mean, I can't. I gotta. You know, this this podcast has given me an opportunity to get really honest with myself that I need to get rid of that third bag before the second bag is done. I need to bring it somewhere or give it to someone or do something with it because it's not good. I can't. I shouldn't have it here with me. Oh, I can feel, I can feel it, I can feel it coursing through my body. Uh, it just gives you a headache and dry mouth and just feel sluggish. It's so strange. Um, so anyways, that's that. Uh, I, uh, I have been, uh, reading, uh, more, uh, I've also been getting back into fitness. It's interesting because, like, for a time... With my stomach, right? Like, my stomach has been getting slightly larger. Like, I'm still pretty skinny, but, like, it's been slightly larger, and I'm saying to myself, like, oh, right? Like, for a while, I was trying to convince myself. You know, like, when your stomach get a little bit of a gut, like, you, you start to... And, I mean, it's relative. I get it. It's not like I have a giant gut, but, like, but it is a little bit bigger, right? And, and like, at first, you're just telling yourself your stomach is sort of, like, going over your, like, hip line, because you're, like, those guys in, in, that, movie, in the, that movie, The 300, right? And, like, it's just, like, you know, like, your abdominals are, like, pushing out because you're just so strong. And then somewhere along the way, you realize that that's not true, right? And they have, like, lines and, like, ridges and, like, all these grooves in their stomach, whereas you just have, like, lines from, like, the folds of the fat and stuff. Oh, man, my belly... Yeah, I probably need to lose some LBs. But, uh, but yeah, like, and, and so I work out more. It's really funny because I worked out and uh, my roommate was having a gathering. And when I came upstairs, someone was like, man, you look really good. Like, you look like you're in better shape. You seem skinnier. I'm like, nah, dog, not skinnier, not skinnier at all. Ain't happening. Um, man, I'm just getting, yeah. Like, so anyways, I'm doing more exercise. I have a whole little routine. It's like 18 minutes in total. It's pretty solid. Um, I think it's pretty good. Um, I'm uh, pretty happy with it. There, I've, I have been reading about other exercises, though. It's amazing. I wish I knew some of this stuff earlier, because it really turns out that like exercise doesn't take nearly as much time as, it, as people make it take. Like I, I was reading... So apparently there was a study where they that they did where they had, um, they basically had one group of people uh, run at a moderate pace for 45 minutes, and then they had another group where they did this 10-minute routine, where they, it was two minutes of warm-up running, and then you do a 20-second sprint at maximum, all out, then you do two minutes of light running, 
light, like jogging, and then you do 20 seconds of running, then two minutes of light jogging, then 20 seconds of running, then uh, three minutes of uh, cool down. So essentially that's two minutes of running, and then three sets of, two minutes of a warm-up, and then uh, three sets of sprinting for 20 seconds, jogging for two minutes. And then after that, a uh, well, the, on the last one, you do a three-minute cool-down. Basically, this thing is 10 minutes, and they found that basically the people had identical, pretty much the same kind of health benefits, you know, in terms of, like, their, I don't know, like, testosterone going up, uh, the fat-burning effects, weight loss. So basically... Running for a minute. Admittedly, it's not merely running for a minute, right? It's it's running for a minute and then uh, cooling. You know, it takes 10 minutes to do. But basically, they were able to get done in 10 minutes what, uh, what the other people were able to get done in 45 minutes. And I was like, that is incredible to think about levels of fitness that you can get in just so much less time. Because personally, I hate running. I think it's terrible. I, I don't enjoy it at all. And it's not even like I don't enjoy it like I'm lazy. Like, I'm perfectly fine doing other... I'm, I'll lift weights. I'll hurt my body in many other ways. But running is not for me at all. Don't enjoy it. Um, anyways, yeah. I just thought that that was pretty incredible. Uh, that there's there's like... And, and then I also saw this thing called the one-minute workout. And I actually watched the exercises in it, and it is so freaking hard. It's amazing that someone wrote a book. This dude wrote a book called The One Minute Workout. And I'm like, who is going to buy that book? Like, seriously. Like, it's if it's one minute, it, it, you know, like, uh, presumably I could write it on, like, an index card. I think, I mean, if I see that book in the store, I think I'm literally just going to have to pick it up, and then just, I'm going to bring an index card with me, and then just write down the steps, and that's it. Because, like, it, you don't even need a... I mean, if something is one minute, you don't even need a book. I mean, you don't, I don't need to read this book. I can just try it for, like, a couple weeks and see how it works, right? Like, I don't need to be convinced. It doesn't take that much time, you know? Like, I'm only going to read a book if it's, like, you know, about something that I can't do easily, right? Like, if I can do it that easily, it's like, yeah, I'll just try it and see if it works. So I'm wondering if that book is going to sell. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, he did a great service to us by boiling it down to a minute. Uh, probably a bad service to himself. Anyways, I watched a video. There was a, a, one of these local news reports where they did the minute of exercise. And I, uh, I tried some of the moves. Basically, like some of the things are you're in a lunge position and then you jump and switch legs in the lunge position. I probably did that for about 15 seconds in the middle of my other workout, right? Like... Instead, because there's a point at which I do lunges for 30 seconds, uh, instead I tried doing the switching thing, and it is so freaking hard. It is so hard. I probably crapped that about 18 seconds in. I was just like, uh, bro, I can't. I can understand why they start with those jumping lunges, because you have to be, it's explosive. It's super, I felt like I was in the combine or something. It was insane. To have to like jump and switch your swap your legs like that, it's it, it's pretty cool. So I think I may try it. I'm definitely gonna try that 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 20 second sprint thing. I'm really feeling that. I sort of have fallen off the Peloton. I was doing Peloton. Uh, there's a Peloton in my building, and I was really into it. 
And then I was like, this is like kicking my butt, and my legs are getting thicker, my upper body's not as strong, and I actually seem to have trouble based on the muscle I've built up. I'm having, actually, I'm much less efficient at doing Tabatas and, and um, doing, you know, uh, just like burpees. Like, it's actually becoming harder to do burpees the more uh, Peloton I do. So I actually drop doing the Peloton entirely. Um, I don't know. I wonder how that boats business model wise. I, I don't know. I'm curious for them. At least for me, I don't think I will go back. I mean, I, I think I think I like the idea of like maybe doing that same twenty seconds on, two minutes off thing on a on a stationary bike. I think that that could be really cool. Uh, if I don't want to do running, uh, which I don't want to do, because I actually I think I think being on a bike is probably a little bit easier on the knees. Um, but uh, then sprinting for twenty seconds. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I did. It was really funny. No one had actually posted what this one minute workout consists of. Uh, so I had to. I was googling about it. <laughs> no one. No one's putting it up. I guess in solidarity with the uh, with the author. And uh, but I did see. You know, it was really funny. It, the, some of these workouts were listed on WebMD, and uh, and on WebMD it did say. Like I went to the WebMD website and things have really changed on uh, on the WebMD website. I can see that uh, that they, they, you know they, I can see that they're a company and not a uh, and not a service, if you will, not a profession. Um, because uh, one of the big headline articles on uh, on WebMD was "Build a Better Butt," which I think is just amazing for a website that people used to like go on because they were worried about like eczema or like heart palpitations, right? Like this idea that like. It is for medical purposes, and now it's really just, um, it's just like a, it's just like men's health, you know, which is like, uh, not even a health magazine, I don't really think. Like, not genuinely. Anyways, uh, what else did I want to talk about? I just wanted to talk about this briefly. I thought this was interesting. I was talking with a friend of mine, uh, and he gets his hair cut. He's a black dude. Uh, I'm a black dude. We talk as black people. And um, he was talking about how he went to uh, these Nigerian barbers. And these Nigerian barbers just, like, love being in America, even though they're, like, busy cutting hair and driving for Uber and they've got, like, three jobs. They just are really happy to be here and, like, they're on their hustle. And I was trying to explain to my friend, uh, if you listen to this song, I highly recommend listening to this song. It's uh, it's called America by Homeboy Sandman. It's quite good. Uh, And I think it basically encapsulates, like, how these Nigerians probably see the world, like, how my parents probably see the world. They're just like, dude, America, like, there's so many cool things you can do here, right? You can, like, make money and keep it, and you can have all this economic opportunity. It was funny, I was talking with my dad this week about the possibility of maybe doing something in my career that would lead back to reinvesting in Cameroon, and he basically said, nah, don't do it. There's just, there's no opportunity there. It's It's a dead end, there's tons of corruption. Um, and he wasn't saying it in a negative way. He wasn't, like, bitter, you know, about it. Uh, like, my mom tends to be more bitter about Vietnam, which I get. Um, but he was just like, no, you don't want to go back there. Like, it's not functional. It's not good. Uh, it's not productive. And, uh, and I was like, damn. Like, and he's not, you know, he loves Cameron. He likes to go back. Like to spend time there. He takes people's calls. He sends money. He does all of this stuff. Like it's not like he's not a fan of Cameroon. It's not like he's not rooting for Cameroon. Is what I'm trying to say. 
he's definitely rooting for Cameron, but he's just like, dude, they'll never make the playoffs at this rate. Like, that's how my dad feels about it. And he's just like, no, man. The future is here. Like, this is where the action's at. And, uh, and it's true, the amount of freedom, like, really, like, for, for an immigrant, like, they look at this and like, no, nah, man, the amount of freedom in America is incredible. Like, the perspective, I talked with, like, an uncle of mine, and he was explaining, he's now, like, an economist, right, at the World Bank, and he told me this story about how when he was, like, something like when he was, like, t- 10 or 12, he had to take an exam, and the exam was so he could go to middle school because his family could not afford middle school for him, right? They could not afford middle school for him. Um, so he had to take an exam. And he said something like 6,000 people took this exam, and it was for 150 slots in a school, in a middle school. If he did not get into this, he would not be able to continue his education. Like, that's his perspective versus like here it's like right like sure in a lot of cases school systems aren't great but like you actually have access to education and child employment your child labor is illegal so pretty much like your parents have to send you to work like they i mean send you to school like they can't just like make you work so like everyone here can be like literate and everyone can get access to school. And this guy was just describing how he's like, I had to take an exam. I, I did the math and it worked out some like only the top three, three and a half percent were able to go to school. Right. Whereas like here, like friggin' everybody can go to school. Like literally everybody that's incredible, you know? In a lot of places, you, you make money. You know, you don't know. Maybe some guy just comes along and he takes it from you. Or says, hey, give me a cut. Like, that doesn't... I mean, that happens here in some ways, but not really, you know? It's just, it's it's unreal what you can have here. The, the, the way I put it is, like, people are like, oh, someone got punched in the face in America. And I think my the way my, my dad or immigrants look at it is they're like, well, someone got punched in the face in America this week. But back where I'm from, 50 people got punched in the face. So it's pretty good here. It's pretty good by comparison, you know? Like, things things are pretty groovy. That's a, I have a very low probability of getting punched here. But a very high probability of getting punched over there. So, yeah. I don't know. It's just, uh, it's, it's interesting. I was thinking, uh, and I'll just close with this thought, which is not even funny. But it's something I've been wondering about, and uh, if anyone has thoughts on this, like definitely reach out to me. It's some, certainly something I want to talk with people more about. But just this idea of whether, like, it, like I was thinking about the fact that uh, I'm wondering, you know, we're we're like, I mean, a lot of people are talking about this this fact that we're on this sort of collision course with China. We're also like on a cultural collision course. Uh, I realize with a bunch of areas, and when I say we, I mean Western civilization, which I consider myself to be a part of, uh, in sort of a conflicted way. Not conflicted, but but like clearly I'm part of Western civilization, but at the same time I have connections to these other places, right? Like Africa, where it's more communitarian. It's not necessarily part of Western civilization, civilization in the sense that it doesn't have a, like some of the same... Or at least it, maybe it is part of Western civilization, but not in the same way. Like, for example... 
obviously they have Christianity in Africa, but they have less emphasis on the individual. Whereas, um, you know, Europe has an emphasis on individual rights and obviously certain amount of socialism and, and, you know, concern for the social order. And then you come to America and it's just like capitalist and it's very, very individualistic in our philosophies. And then you think, I wonder long term, are we colliding? Are we going to have a collision with some with with China, for example, where and I'm not saying this to say that they're weird. Right. I'm just saying I wonder whether they operate, you know, from the exposure I have, for example, from going to Cameroon and spending time with family, like whether, you know, Chinese people or people in Asia just think about the world differently. Maybe they don't they don't think in such an individualistic sort of way, such an emphasis on individual rights relative to the state. I I just think, in other words, if to be American is to think in the framework of the Constitution, period. The U.S. Constitution. You think in those terms, right? And the U.S. Constitution is a product of the American colony's relationship with England, right? And the British Empire. And that dictates and how we think about things, right? Very much the U.S. Constitution is a, a response to what the founders perceived as an excess, excesses of the British Empire against individuals and the power of the state against people. I'm starting to wonder, honestly, as I read more, whether maybe it might be the case that China doesn't have any equivalent to that. So as an American, I can just assume that, of course, they would want individual rights or assume that they think certain things are good. But maybe they don't haven't had experiences that have created the necessity for that or opportunity for that or a, or a way of having success that's built on that. I mean, part of the reason uh, we dig the Constitution is because I think because we perceive ourselves as having been able to succeed because of it. Well, I mean, what about if part, and and if, and the constitution has evolved in ways to accommodate us so we can continue to succeed, right? Like that's how you get the modern administrative state, which technically is not under in, in the constitution, right? It gets expanded, which allows for more complex, uh, management of, I don't know, the economy, health care, um, safety, et cetera, et cetera, defense, um, you know, it, it's grown in these ways that have facilitated our success. And similarly in, in, in Asia, I mean, I'm sure I don't, not the greatest historian about China, but I'm wondering whether China has evolved in ways, obviously to meet the challenges that it's faced historically. Um, and obviously on some level they are converging, uh, on America. Um, and I've heard someone jokingly said that, you know, wealthy Chinese people, uh, are pretty much like Americans, you know, they're like me loud, big personalities, very friendly, very outgoing, garrulous, individualistic on the hustle. Right. So, so maybe these societies are converging, but I guess what I'm just wondering is, if they don't come from a Judeo-Christian tradition, why would I expect that they emphasize the things that I end up expecting or, or, or end up emphasizing? 
you know? Um, I also have an interesting question of, like, right, Western civilization is a product of this Judeo-Christian tradition, which then gets translated into the Enlightenment, which then gets translated into, uh, like, individual rights and, and civil liberties and the rights of the individual, which then facilitates, like, an economic system, and, uh, which, you know, um, it turns out, like, you know, financiers and business people are very, very amenable to, uh, this notion of the rule of law. And obviously China has existed so long, it clearly also has a strong notion of the rule of law. I mean, you have these empires and a giant system of bureaucrats running this enormous country that is, I mean, literally just so large, um, and populated, you know, uh, with different kinds of people. You, I mean, clearly they have some notion of the rule of law, but I just wonder if that notion of the rule of law doesn't come out of a Judeo-Christian concept, um, how will it mesh with our notions of the rule of law? In other words, we might have things that operate similarly, but they, they come along totally different philosophical um, traditions. They're different, um, you know, to put it in, in lawyer speak, they're different lines of doctrine. Uh, that run in parallel to one another. And I'm curious what that'll mean for the future. Uh, anyways, uh, enough philosophizing out of me. I'll talk to you later, but if you have any thoughts on that, please um, reach out to me. You have my email, uh, jackmichelle1983 at gmail.com. And uh, I hope you have a nice week and a nice weekend. Uh, take care. Bye.